and he doesn't normally come. So, again, those breakfasts, I, I used to think, it's just breakfast. But it's a huge opportunity. It's a great opportunity to get guys here because it's just breakfast. So, again, please try to invite somebody. Um, also, for setup for that, where's Chip sniffing? Okay, El Comandante. He's the Comandante of the uh, food crew, okay? So, he can always use help. They're here probably around 5.30, 5.15. Okay. Okay, good to go. Wide aperture. So basically what he's saying is you're qualified. Even if you're an ASVAB waiver, uh, and you're, you're, you're in. You've made the team. All right. All right, let me check the next minute. There we go. All right. Father-daughter dance. This is huge. Um, again, uh, please, there are two groups of people, those with daughters and those without. Okay? Those with daughters should be signing up. This is a huge opportunity. You'll see them there, They'll, like newborns almost will be in there dancing around. With their, well, I'm not sure they're dancing, but they're being carried around with their dad. And then I think the oldest one I saw was in her 30s. The oldest daughter coming out was in her 30s. This is an amazing, it's a special night. I don't have uh, a daughter yet. And so sitting there watching the fathers and the daughters, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was a genuinely spiritual evening. So please sign up. You don't want to miss out on this, especially with your daughter. If, if you've already done that, which I suspect a lot of people in here have, encourage someone else. Let a brother know who's got a daughter who's not even a Christian, okay? In, in fact, target those guys. <laughs> Specifically focus on them. Second one are those without daughters. If you don't have a daughter, please. I'm going to send out another sign of uh, the sign of genius again several times in the Dallas Dispatch. Please sign up just to help out. Your time, it's about an hour. Anything that, that you're being asked to do, it's come there set up some tables or take down some tables or whatever. But it's a pretty easy in, easy out, quick, um, easy ministry opportunity. All right, here's where we're at for uh, Mike's. All right, we're real close here this time. We got like four kind of closest. All right, here we go. I'm going to pray for Jack, and then uh, we'll bring him up here. Lord, thank you so much that we get to be here this morning. Thank you that, Lord, you've provided this church. You've provided this food. You've provided these men. You've moved in our hearts. You've provided your Holy Spirit. Pray that you would give Jack the full measure of your Holy Spirit, that the words that he speaks today would not be his own, Lord, but the ones that you've given him. And, Lord, I pray that you give us hearts that can hear it and receive it. And, Lord, most of all, put it into action. We give you our lives in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Jack Law. So we have a robust table of about 10 or 11 guys. Don, I said don't tell them I'm speaking today. See, only two showed up. <laughs> um, I'd like to open us in a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the ability to gather here. I thank you for these men coming to learn your word. May we be a band of brothers that uh, joins together to walk in your path and to be fully associated with you, and that the world would know that we are yours. Amen. A servant girl. Seeing Peter standing there in the firelight, and looking intently at him, said, this man was with them too. But Peter denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. A little while later, 
Another said, you were with him too. Man, I was not. And after about an hour, another man began to insist, saying, certainly this man was with him also, for he is a Galilean too. Man, I do not know what you're talking about. Immediately, even as Peter was speaking, a rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord when he said, even before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> That's a little harder to do than uh, I anticipated. That's a, that's a hard scene to act out. I guess if I'm honest, I play that role in my life from time to time. I deny Jesus from time to time. Things I do, things I say. What was Peter trying to do there? This is, this is the man who was the first to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah before Jesus was ready to tell anybody. Peter knew. This man is the very rock upon which Jesus will build his church. But suddenly, and perhaps sadly, a little predictably, he did not want to be associated with Jesus. So today's chapter in the master plan of evangelism is about association. Getting in the game, uh, being the hands and feet. If you're from Texas like me, hitching your wagon to his horse. Whatever you want to call it, it's about being with Jesus, letting the world know that you are his. Now, while we aren't walking physically with Jesus as the disciples did, there is uh, nonetheless a, a role we play in associating ourselves with Jesus. There are several messages implicit in uh, Peter's denial of Jesus. I'm going to talk about a few of them this morning. Jesus associated. The church should associate. And we'll, we'll talk about it. Does it? Does BCC? You should associate. You should associate in here. And you should associate out there. So three messages and a fourth, which we'll talk about at the end. If I forget, remind me. So first, Jesus associated. He stayed with the disciples. Very simple instruction manual or textbook or whatever showing up on the first day of a disciple with Jesus. It says, stay with me, follow me, be with me, watch me. These are the only instructions, right? Watch what I do. Do that. Learn from me. This association is what gave the disciples their authority to evangelize. I like the way Coleman put it in the book, is that 
Jesus gave these disciples a great commission to go and baptize and to make disciples out of all the nations. He could not have done that without the association first. That was a prerequisite to the great commission was be following in the footsteps of Jesus, being with him, him being with them. Now, a uh, quiz. As Jesus grew older, as his ministry um, evolved and um, grew, did he spend more time or less time with the disciples? Getting thumbs up, I'm getting arrows up. Yeah, he spent more times, more time with them. As ministry matured and grew, as they matured and grew, Jesus spent more time with them, not less. He was with them constantly. They were walking everywhere. I was thinking it's probably, it's almost required because you can't really just take the metro into, into school every day and back home. They kind of have to stay with him because he's going all over the place. They go away together. They get away from crowds. They stay with crowds, but they're always together. They're always with him. They're always observing him. He's always teaching them. Follow-up was a, was a big part of this ministry um, with Zacchaeus. Uh, Jesus goes and dines with him, with the, meets a Sumerian woman at the well, and then goes to her village and stays a couple of days to teach those who have been uh, made thirsty by the water he gave her at the well, right? Living water inside you. So follow-up was, was a big part of his ministry. And this is, uh, this is part of his model. Um, as, as Again, as uh, Coleman says in the book, um, he knew this job was too big for him. He knew this ministry would grow. He knew he would not be able to personally be with every new believer. So his model for the, his church, for the body of Christ to follow, is to be with believers. The church should, therefore, associate. How does a church associate? model that's set up um, uh, for them to model Christ-like association? Be physically close. Have ministries that reach out to members, old members, new members, young Christians, mature Christians. Have people who are out there engaging with the members of your church. Not just a Sunday morning building that people come to, but a church that is the body, that's in the community, that's with the body of believers, that's reaching out to new believers. Provide support. Have ministries that reach down to those in need. Help them up. And follow up. Uh, provide a mature Christian to walk alongside with new believers. Solomon mentions that one of the biggest problems in the church is that a lot of people believe, a lot of people profess, a lot of people confess, and then six months, a year later, they've fallen away. Their, their energy level has gone down. And there was no one there to follow up with them, no one there to be engaged, no one there to bring them along in their walk with Christ. So is the church doing this? Um, so uh, Coleman um, claims the church rich, writ large is not doing a very good job of this. There's more of the Sunday morning mentality, and churches are not reaching out into their communities. Churches are not providing the ministries. Churches are not following up with their congregants. Maybe you grew up in, whether they did this well or didn't, maybe a church you just came from if you moved here recently, whether they did this well or didn't. I think BCC does a pretty good job of this. I've been here uh, 16 years now, 
and I've always felt this is a church that is growing in its outreach, it's growing in its ministry, it's growing uh, with uh, ministries just like base camp. And here we all are walking together, trying to draw closer to Jesus together. So I think BCC does a pretty good job of this. Is base camp doing this? Um, again, I feel blessed to be a part of a group of men getting together on Tuesday mornings, uh, encouraging each other to get out and get together outside of base camp, encouraging each other to take part in ministries, uh, whether it be BCC-related uh, ministry, whether it be project. I feel like base camp does a good job of encouraging men to be associating themselves with Jesus Christ, both here in, in this building and in our church body, as well as out in the community. So I think that's something where we have a, a real blessing here. So if, if I claim, if I'm correct in claiming that BCC and base camp are doing this, then what is your role? Are you fulfilling your role in association with Jesus Christ? You should, therefore, also associate. And I, I break this down into two places to, to associate. You have an in-here focus and you have an out-there focus. And the in-here is, is uh, within the church body, as I mentioned. Um, what's your association with BCC? Base camp? Check. We're all here. This is one I know. You're all getting, at least today, a green check for base camp. Life group. Who's in a life group? I was, I'm a, now hold your hands up here for a second. I figured it would be somewhere a little over half. It looks like it's more close to like three quarters. Great. If you're not in a life group, I strongly consider you join one. It's a, it's a great way to, uh, I, I hate to use um, overused Christian phrases, but it's a great way to do life with other people. Um, if you didn't go to, to the uh, retreat over or if you just want to see the video again, Google up Shallow Life Group. It's really funny. It was a great video. Um, but get out there with other couples, other families, other singles if you're single. And, and get some life going out together. Uh, life groups are awesome. Uh, that's uh, Ramo uh, Ramona Waltemeyer. And it, um, you can find on the BCC webpage how to join a life group or how to invite other members into your life group. A ministry or service area, do you have one at the church? You should. This is serving the body. Um, think of how you can help the church, how you can help the community by being plugged into one of the ministries in the church. This is a great way to associate. Then you're out, out there focus, right? In here focus is a little easier. Out there focus, uh, sometimes that's a little mar more marginal. What's your association with your office mates? You know, when, when the time came, uh, when the Pharisees came around and are asking for help identifying Christians, would they know to point at you? Would they, that guy's one. Would they know? Neighbors, same thing. I always love hearing Marty's uh, stories about running into a new neighbor in his neighborhood. No one crosses the man's driveway on the sidewalk without knowing what he's about, Right? Now, maybe that's not all in our comfort zone to go out and be as in your face as Marty is, and that's fine. But again, would your neighbors know to accuse you of being a Christian? 
the world. How do you associate with the world? Now, um, what I think of when I say this is the way the world comes into my world, or the way the world comes into my face, through my computer screen and through my television, through my other devices. This is how I associate with the world. What are you consuming? What are your kids consuming? What do you accept in your life as a guilty pleasure? This is part of how you associate with the world, is what you will tolerate in your life. I <laughs> ran across a good, uh, good analogy, I think, um, you know, about someone uh, struggling with uh, visual images on the Internet. Said, and so I said, so let's say you went to a restaurant, you sat down, had a great steak, you ate that, man, that was good. And you say, I want another one of those. And the waiter says, good, did you know it's puppy? Still tasted the same, right? But do you want another one? Now that you know it conflicts with your morality, do you want to consume more of it? Food for thought. Do you have in your life a Paul, a Barnabas, a Timothy? I learned this little, I don't know, uh, turn of phrase a while back, you know, a Paul, someone in your life who pours into you, who leads you along, who pulls you along on the path, a, mature, a more mature Christian um, who can hold you accountable, who can teach you, who, someone you look at and say, I'd like to be like that guy. That guy is, is, is my model for Christian leadership, for Christian living. Do you have someone like that in your life? A Barnabas, a friend, someone struggling along with you on the path, trying to stay on the path, falling in the ditch every now and then, helping you out of the ditch. You help him out of the ditch. You share your struggles. Do you have a Timothy in your life? Have you, do you feel like, you know what? I feel so blessed with what I've learned about my walk with Jesus. I'd like to share that with someone who's younger in the faith. I'd like to bring someone to faith. I'd like to... to demonstrate that I can stand up and, and, and tell a younger Christian, hold him accountable, teach him, say, you know, maybe there's a different way you could look at that. Think of the people in your life who fill these roles. They, they're quite like, some of them are probably in this room, but some of them may not be other places in this church, maybe not in this church. Think about them, think about if there's a gap in your life that you'd like to fill with a Paul, a Barnabas, or a Timothy. So as you look at the ways you can associate, think about where do you lack? Where do you fear? Do you fear at the office? I don't know if I really can put myself out there like that. Where do you deny Jesus? The uh, BCC mentoring program is a very good ministry here at BCC. I didn't put it on the slide, but on your sheets there, I have Greg Wade's contact information. If you want to be a mentor, if you want a mentor, please get in touch with him. Very good program. Let's talk a little bit about the association gives you confidence, support, an education. Association gives the church stronger reach, not just wider, not just meeting more people, 
Sure, we'd like to bring a lot of folks to Christ, but let's not just go out there and spread ourselves as thin as we can. Let's strongly reach into our communities. And association gives, a, uh, gives Christ mature followers. These will be men, you know, who, as, as Dallas says, are not like a man who looks into a mirror and then turns away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What? Dallas didn't write that? That's James? Oh, well. He was smart enough to use it. That's good enough for me. A couple of parting thoughts. There's good news in the story of Peter's denial. I, I, I touched on one of the elements of it. Um, he couldn't hide from it, right? He had pretty thoroughly associated himself with Jesus. So at this, at this point of drama where Jesus is now being arrested and people are looking for other, you know, uh, co-conspirators, he can't hide very well. I'd say that's good news. I'm going to read you a little more. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he asked him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, we can imagine that feeling. I mean, if you were like me, you had a little thinning when Jesus had, or when Peter had denied Jesus, that feeling of misery. But imagine the feeling of joy when Jesus says, you know, essentially, I do know all things, and I do know you love me, and I do want you to t feed my sheep because I'm going to church on you. And that church is going to include all these men sitting in this room. What a wonderful feeling of restore. Um, so maybe we should all have the goal of being as obviously guilty of association as Peter was. Amen? Couldn't hide from it. Fully restored. So uh, I've got a minute left, so I'll talk about a type of association. Now, I'm not saying I recommend this for all your children, but when my son turned 18, he said, I'm going to get a tattoo. What do you think, mom and dad? And well, you know, we grew up in a, in a culture and a time when tattoos was not what you want for your children necessarily, but times change. My son's going to be 18. My wife and I talked about it, said it's, it's not really our role anymore to give him permission to do things. And we talked about it that way. He had other people speaking wisdom in his life. Thank you very much, Matt Watson. <coughs> and so we get this. 
Duete opiso mu, Greek, come follow after me, is the tattoo he wanted to get. He actually wanted to get, come follow after me and I will make you fishers of men, but that would have run from his wrist to his armpit, and uh, he wisely decided to keep it a little bit uh, more modest and just got, come follow after me. And I thought, you know, and... and Th- th- this is a, a I, and I, he used this word, this is how I want to associate myself. This was five years ago, four years ago. And I thought, you know, it's really kind of hard to be able to say, well, you're doing the wrong thing, son. Um, so, and he's had, you know, he's had a, 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 a series of interesting stories come out of having that tattoo again. I'm not saying I'm pushing this idea. <laughs> but I'm real proud of this man. He turned uh, 22 yesterday. Happy birthday, Carter. And uh, he's a man who's, who's definitely out there associating himself. And I'm real proud of him. He's in a lot better place than I was when I was 22, I can tell you that. And that has to do with this place, with BCC, absolutely, 100%. So a few discussion questions. Did it, oh, was that not clear? Really? Oh, I was hitting... I was hitting back. Send me, send me to my, my third to last slide there, Jim, if you don't mind. The one that says parting thoughts. I hit the left button. That's backwards. I guess not. Parting thoughts. Okay, fourth message. There is restoration. Okay. And there, and Carter, and happy birthday. And discussion questions, I'm out of time. Thank you very much.